The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sunday Waiver Wire Q&A. My name is Chris Crawford, and hello, everybody. Welcome to Circling the Bases. My name is still Chris Crawford. I'm joined today by my buddy, Drew Silva. Drew, how's it going? Good, man. I told you before we hopped on that I went to a concert last night, Pine Grove, if anyone's nice. heard of them. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, they're awesome. Yeah, I told myself that I would behave, but I did not behave. Well, that's okay. <laughs> We're getting the very best version of Drew. And my yeah, personal, we are. <laughs> my personal favorite version of uh, Drew Silva is this version right here. Um, Sometimes when I'm hungover, I'm more clear-minded, though. You know? Okay, okay. Um, well, I mean, you've got to focus. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's it. Like, yeah. yeah there's just you, one focus. Of yeah, you only have, like, this. you're in such pain that it's, like, <laughs> nothing else really matters except what's right in front of you, you know? Do you have a regimen? Nothing works. I mean, everyone will like tell you their hangover cures. I've uh, enjoyed the liquid IVs. Are they a sponsor? Uh, we, we did a, we had a wedding in Arizona earlier this year. And like the, there was like a gift package when you got there and there were a bunch of liquid IVs in there and I'd oh never done them before. Gosh. And it was and, and in Arizona and I'm, I'm a sweaty person. Like it oh. really, really helped. And oh so, my gosh. Yeah. That is that's a great wedding gift. Like yeah. them giving you that fan. Yeah. I'm going to have to, if I, if I ever walk down that aisle, I will not be giving anybody any of that yeah. stuff, but, uh, but it is a, uh, a pretty smart thing. And speaking of that in absolutely no way whatsoever, <laughs> uh, we're going to be answering your fantasy questions. Drop them. If you've got questions about trades, uh, add this guy over this guy, anything whatsoever. You can ask Drew about his favorite, uh, Pine Grove song. You can ask me about my favorite, um, Coheed and Cambria song, even though I really only know two. But you can definitely ask us those, and we will uh, be the first to jump on. But before we get into that, let's talk about the baseball game. Uh, Toronto defeats Detroit 4-1. to I think the highlight of this game is, that's actually two things, but let's talk about the thing that made me happiest, seeing Jose Barrios pitch well. Seven innings, three hits, one run, six strikeouts, only allowed uh, a solo home run to Javi Baez we'll get into actually in just a second lowers his ERA to 4.96 with seven innings of one run baseball drew how confident are you that we're going to see this version over the last two months I think it's been one of the most confusing seasons from like a legitimately good pitcher that yes I've I've seen in a long time I can't Mm -hmm. figure it out I don't know like when to start him when not to start him (laughs) because he can look like vintage Jose Brios you know at times like he did today Mm -hmm. and then look terrible um, and like, even if you try to dig into the numbers, like to figure out what's going on, it, it doesn't really tell you anything. Nope. I'm really confused by it. Um, man, if he can just be like this or close to this down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, the analysis from today's game is that the blue Jays are good and the tigers are bad, right? Really bad. <laughs> yeah. Like really bad and disappointingly bad because I think we all kind of thought that they might jump up a notch you know yeah. i don't think we were talking about them as a playoff team per se but like if everything went right maybe we were talking about a team and it's worth pointing out like the al central looked like you know words that we're not allowed to say on the podcast but we thought so we thought maybe they could jump into that second spot but they are so bad real quick this is one of the most confusing stats i've ever seen on a pitcher especially someone with the talent of jose barrios his chase rate is in the 84th percentile but his whiff rate is in the 17th percentile. Those two figures should not be possible. Like getting pitchers to swing at pitches outside of the strike zone as well as he does, 
but only getting 17% whiff rate between it. That, that makes no sense to me. I'm trying to figure out what that even tells me. And I don't even, what it tells you is that the hitters are still making a lot of contact on his right. stuff and they're hitting it hard. Like he is, he looks like a Washington state election. If you look at like his, his, there's so much blue in here. There's a hard hit percentage in the ninth percentile expected batting average in the 10th percentile, fourth percent and expected slugging percentage. Yeah. But you know, this was good. This was an efficient start. Um, let's talk he, about Javi. He, well, he's, oh, he's no, never, go ahead. Just go on Brias, he's never had like elite stuff. No, it's just the combination of his arsenal and good command. Yep. So if he's leaving too many pitches in hittable spots, like he's going to get hit. And yeah. maybe that's, I, I don't know how to diagnose this season. Like I just, I really don't get it. <laughs> he's going to be really interesting in drafts next year. I think too, yeah. because you know, you don't just forget about the first three months, even if he pitches like this has a 1.29 ERA in every single start, you're still going to remember what happened over those first few months, I think. So a guy who I think was going in like the top 75 of drafts sure. to be, is now a guy that I bet is going to be like double that. Maybe I, it's really going to depend. I think how he finishes, but like expected slugging percentage at 486. Is I, I feel so like that when we, when we dig into these like players in the off season, you can also go into that profile and be like, well, he didn't really do anything different. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I can expect him to bounce back. Drew, you're writing that profile for the magazine. That's, All right. I have no desire to write about Jose Barrios. It's going to be too confusing for me. Uh, the guy who did hit the home run off him, Javi Baez, man, Drew, it's it, it, great to see the home run, but he also made a couple of mistakes in the field. We talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Yeah. What is Javi Baez for like the rest of the season and even going forward? Like I I do not mind Javi Baez pay, being paid a lot of money, but there, I do will acknowledge that that contract does have a chance to be um, one that doesn't get looked on as uh, this is not Ronald Acuna. This is not the contract uh -huh. that makes you wonder that if we need another lockout or something like that. Like, what is Javi Baez for the rest of the year? Man, he's – we have no answers on this show today if people nope. tuned in for some answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm a Cardinals fan, and they needed a shortstop this winter, and there were five shortstops on the market. But Javi Baez is the one I did not want them to get. And I there's just so much swing and miss in that – in his skill set. There's so much volatility in his career numbers – but you see that volatility like, all right, this is a bad year. And he had a bad year in 2020. He had a bad year in 2017. But he like yeah. bounced back with, you know, an MVP-esque season the next year. Right. He's certainly very talented. Um, man, I I've, I hate saying it, but I've, is he like motivated? I don't know. The Tigers are playing out the string on what has been, as we said, a really disappointing season for what the expectations were. Sure. Like – he looks a little bit lackadaisical and he's a player who never looks lackadaisical. You know, he's like, he's a, yeah. a grinder and makes these incredibly he <clears throat> flashes his talent on like a tag, you know? Sure. Um, I, I, I don't know. He's a guy going into drafts next year. That's going to be a value. Yeah. For what absolutely. he can do. And we're, we're going to look at this tigers roster going into next year and be excited about it again. I think like they're not trading. We had John Morosi on the podcast on Thursday and he, trading Tarek Skubal, like they're just they're floating that to like see what they could get sure but morosi made the point he's like if you're going to trade Tarek Skubal, it's to get a guy like Tarek Skubal. Right? Mm -hmm. like you, you want a left-handed controllable starting pitcher that you can build your team around and with matt manning you know coming back to better health spencer turnbull will be ready at the start of next season name i forgot about yeah and spencer torkelson i guess can figure it out at some point I would hope so. I don't. Do you have a read on what's going on with? Tor I feel like we talked about him like a month ago, but yeah, it's been a while. But he's. I mean, this is a hard game. Baseball yeah. is a very difficult game, and most prospects struggle in their first taste. Yeah. I just didn't see Spencer Torkelson struggling to drive the baseball the way he did. Like, right. he's a strong dude, six foot one, two twenty, who showed 
plus plus power in the minors and at Arizona State, and his expected slugging percentage was in the bottom 14th percentile. He was only barreling the baseball in the 38th percentile. And I know the one thing that was encouraging to me about Torkelson was he was showing a really good approach at the plate. Um, which is nice to see for somebody who, you know, was struggling. A lot of times hitters will press and try to swing at pitches outside the zones and try to do a little too much. He wasn't doing that, but the results speak for themselves. I mean, a 577 OPS from a first baseman just is not going to get the job yeah. done, even if he's the best out defensive first baseman to ever play the game. Hashtag Evan White. It's just not going to get the job done. Um one other guy who I am pretty encouraged by what I've seen from him over the last few weeks, especially Matt Chapman, two for three, hit a home run today, um, has been really good, I believe, in the month of July, has got the line up to 249, 326, 482. Drew, especially with third base being where it is right now, you got to be pretty excited about what Matt Chapman's doing lately, yeah? Absolutely, man. I, I loved that trade for the Blue Jays. And I know yeah, the first half of his season was not exceptional, but man, like two years ago, this was one of the top 10 legitimate MVP chance. Yeah. Like with combining the defense and the offense, what, well, I guess that was 2019 was his huge year. Um, I, I think at that point you could have called him a top 10 player in baseball, you know, mm -hmm. combining both sides of, of the coin. And then he had that hip injury. And, and I think it's taken him a while to recover. Like a hip is very important to what you do as a baseball player, especially an athletic third baseman Yeah, like he is. And there's a lot of swing and miss there. Um, there's probably always going to be, but he hits the ball hard when he connects and he's like a gamer. And so, I, yeah, I, I, the further he got away from that hip injury, I think we're seeing him return more to himself. And yeah. yeah, he's what he was that his 20th home run of the, the season this afternoon? Yes, sir. Yeah, yep, it was. Yeah, 20 home runs and has driven in 57 runs. I mean, those are solid numbers. And the 247 average is not what you sign up for, but in today's for him, game, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> and especially in points leagues, I really like Chapman because you're not gonna have to worry about caught steals and you're going to draw some walks. Honestly, Chapman was one of the most unlucky hitters to begin the season as well. Like, yes, he was striking out a bunch, but when your hard hit percentage is in the 98th percentile and you're hitting 247, like I don't care if every other ball was hit onto the ground, you have bad luck. Um, expected batting average of 45th, a lot to do with the fact that he does strike out so much. The weird thing here is his defense has been, um, according to metrics, not as good. It makes me just not want to believe in metrics. Matt Chapman is one of the best <laughs> defensive third basemen that I've ever seen in my entire life, if not the very best defensive third baseman. But yeah, I really like him going forward. Um, I like ignoring I like, metrics when they don't confirm what conf I've never heard of confirmation bias. I'm actually just creating it right now. But if it's a thing, <laughs> then I love it. Um, but yeah, I really like Chapman for the rest of the year. Uh, top 10 third baseman? I'd have to redo my rankings, but I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not willing to go like top five or anything like yeah. that just yet. But I, I really, really – he'd be a guy I'd be trying to trade for if you're playing in a redraft league and totally. looking for some uh, we, help. Uh, man, yeah, we we knew the Blue Jays were going to get going, right? And yeah, yeah. They, you've talked about Chapman's bad luck. I feel like it's up and down that lineup. It's been yeah. – that's what the first half was. Like, yeah. you know, they've had some health issues, but – sure. This is not a team you want to face in the wild card round, especially if you have to travel to Toronto. We don't we don't need to talk about that topic. No, nope. and nope. maybe it's going to change before October. We, we might talk about it anyway. No, um, <laughs> it, it could change for sure. Um, right now, they would be. This is a nice little segue. I'm going to do right now. They would be playing the Seattle Mariners in the wild card round, and there's a couple of things to talk about with oh, the boy. Mariners. One good and one not so good. Let's start with the negative and just get it out of the way. Uh, Julio Rodriguez on a pretty fluke looking play swings through a Rafael Montero fastball that ends up hitting him right in the hand. Now ends up being x-rays are negative, but he's going on the injured list. I would imagine I am <laughs> hashtag not a doctor, but I would believe that this might be a shorter stint um, a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks to be shorter, but this is such a bummer, isn't it, Drew? Yeah, man. I mean, he's he was turning into a well, he, he still is a budding superstar, like one of the most impactful players in the sport. A big part of why the Mariners are 
in the wild card mix right now, like in, in the conversation. Is this re- related to what happened before the All Star break? It or is doesn't it, is it a, a different part of the wrist it, or something. I believe it's a different part of the wrist, and it's more hand than wrist okay. this time. Um, but you know, it's still very, very. I mean, he looked uh, watching that live. I mean, I just happened to look up while working um, and saw him just screaming in pain, and I hated it. It was like watching a child or a niece of mine in pain. You know what I mean? It's just you like, had to think hamate bone right away, right? But oh yeah, absolutely. I yeah. I thought I'm surprised that the X-rays were negative. I I figured something would be broken. He did stay in to play defense, which was a good sign, but like immediately was pinch hit for yeah. the ninth for Abraham Toro, who ended up getting a very big hit for those Seattle Mariners to break a long losing streak to them. I'm going to offer you three outfielders and uh, that are rostered under 50% that I think could be replacements for Julio Rodriguez. Not like elite guys, but guys that I think I would be looking to pick up. Dylan Carlson who is hitting 254 with six homers, but has shown some flashes as of late. Tommy Pham, who has 11 homers, seven stolen bases, 39 RBIs. And Stephen Kwan, who hitting 296, but starting to see that average go up, also starting to see him run a little bit. Drew, are those three solid options? And if you had to pick one of those guys, who's the one that you're getting? Yeah, I think those are all solid options just from the the get-go. Pham is really interesting. Because I think he's about to get traded to a contender, maybe back to the Padres. Mm-hmm. Um, like whoever loses out on Juan Soto. I mean, what if the Cardinals reacquired Tommy Pham? Yeah, that would be so great. <laughs> oh, no. <Yeah. laughs> but like he's, he's a dude who, you know, he's he's going to be leaving Great American Ballpark, but he's got pop and speed um, and is like a very aggressive player. The kind of guy you want on a fantasy roster down the stretch. And if he goes to a contending team and like, he could hit second, you know, for the Padres right now. Yes. Um, I think you, you get a lot of good counting stats out of that. Stephen Kwan's interesting. Like, I'm impressed. He kind of faded, you know, after he was the talk of baseball for yeah. the first, you know, in April. Yeah. Um, and then pretty much faded. I don't think anyone was really talking about him for over the last three months. Uh, but he has turned it on lately. Like, he looks like a legitimate player now. He does. Um, I don't know if there's enough ca- – I. I Counting stats wise, I think it's fam. Carlson is, I think he's a really good baseball player. God, you look at his baseball savant page though. Yeah, yeah. He does not hit the ball very hard. He doesn't. Um, and I don't, I don't know what that's about, and if he can like be successful in that way. I, I, I think the Cardinals might trade him in the Juan Soto package. I, I think he's gone. I keep getting vibes that it's happening. You saw, uh, probably on Twitter, John Mozeliak and Mike Rizzo were in the same suite today. Mm. at nationals park interesting um, they shared a, a handshake at one point like a very long handshake oh. like not, not just like a hey see ya <laughs> I, I i wouldn't be surprised if like sometime tonight we hear something i know the cardinals need starting pitching but I, they're in such a, a great position to get juan soto if they want to which makes it really interesting man that's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. Uh, what do you think's in served at a, in a uh, press box like that or a box like that, like food wise? What are we talking? Um, see, I've like been in those kind of boxes at Bush, and it's well, not like the GM owners box, but oh god, there's they're going to be a pizza thing here. Oh god, no, <laughs> I don't think you can get St. Louis style pizza at Bush Stadium now that. I think oh, interesting. That. Yeah, that is interesting. Just moved up in my rankings. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's like the, the standard ballpark fare. Like, make your own nachos, sure, hot dogs, and then like some bad chicken with some kind of sauce <laughs> on it. Like, okay, I'm I'm sure in like the owner's box, there's something a little bit better, but I don't I don't think Bush Stadium is known for its food. I've honestly. never heard it ranked super high on those no. type of things. It's very but, standard stuff. Yeah, I love yeah. I love like basic ballpark nachos and I love yeah, nachos at Bush Stadium. But it's, it's just fake cheese and yeah. pickled jalapenos, you know. We know what you think about fake cheese. So I, I, I love fake understand. cheese. Big proponent, Velveeta, uh, Provel, <laughs> bring it all yeah. on. Um a couple other outfielders that I'll mention just real quick. Uh Jorge Mateo is rostered in 37% of leagues. If you just need help in the stolen base category, once he gets on, he's probably going to yep. run. That's something to consider. Um, 
MJ Melendez has outfield ability right now. And so if you're looking for a help in the power category and you can keep him on your bench afterwards as a catcher slash outfielder, not too many guys with that type of eligibility, something to consider. And then I think Connor Joe is a guy who's going to be much better over these final two months as well, has really struggled um, as of late, but something to consider. Um, But you should talk about the Rockies. What are they doing? I am so so. Here's here's the first thing I want to say about the Colorado Rockies before we. Get <laughs> what are they doing? Volume two thousand. Yeah, I I personally want to say this though. Good for Daniel Bard. This is awesome. Yeah. Getting getting the bag at the age that he was after being out of baseball for as long as he was, I think should should be the takeaway of the story. Having said that. I don't really understand what the point of Daniel Bard being on the Colorado Rockies is, Drew. Can you help explain that to me? No, I asked you the question. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I can't answer it. I really can't. You gave a very nice, humane answer. Good for Daniel Bard. Yeah. uh, It's not a great baseball decision. Why are you extending your 37-year-old closer? I I imagine this is what I'm hoping, is that they did – Put him on the market and just didn't get any type of op. Because I'll be honest with you, Daniel Bard would scare the heck out of me if I was a contender. Yes. Like really scare me. I, I know he's pitched well and he's pitched well in some of the most unfriendly confines that you can. But I would be really nervous about a change of scenery. We have seen a lot of times relievers have as much volatility as anybody because they're pitching yep. one inning at a time. And the change of scenery often leads to poor results. So you'd think it would be better leaving a cesspool for pitchers like Coors Field and going somewhere friendly like Seattle or uh, Minnesota or something like that. San Diego, who I think is going to be in the closer market now, but 37. And the thing that's frustrating is you're paying Daniel Bard and you literally paid Nolan Arenado to play for a different baseball. (laughs) I I, I mean, that's just the, the, I will say this. They got a lot of crap, too, for the C.J. Crone extension, and I think that has worked out pretty darn well. They should trade him, too, though. Oh, yeah. They absolutely should trade C.J. Crone. And again, I wonder how much interest there will be in C.J. Crone because of the fact that I do think some of these numbers are inflated a little bit by Coors Field, but they absolutely should have him on the I feel sorry for it. Was it Bill Schmidt that runs the Rockies now? Yes. Um, Like, it's a hard job. It's It's a really hard job. Unique situation in professional sports maybe yeah like you can't attract free agent pitchers um it, it's it's a nightmare to to have to like deal with those conditions and and feel like a you know build right. a contending team but they're a I, question for the you way that they done. do it i i just don't understand it more difficult job general manager of the colorado rockies or general manager of the winnipeg jets wow Man, that's really good. Yeah. I would say in hockey, it's you have a salary cap. So yeah. you can't like in hockey players don't have as much power to say like, where this is where I'm going to play. For the most part. Although yeah. we've seen a few things that have changed that a little yeah. bit recently. We've seen some but, things recently. Uh, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden being like a hockey GM in Florida is like people want to come there. <laughs> That's so crazy to me, man. Um, but up I, there in up there in like the Yukon territory in Canada, yeah, I that's <laughs> that's why I asked. And I have also, this is uh, sorry to talk hockey. I just have to do it. I have heard that that locker room is um, basically like a war zone. Like all of the players absolutely hate each other. There's some star talent there too, but like getting players to commit to go play in Winnipeg, I think would be. I know. Uh, I wonder if it's more difficult to get a first line center to play in Winnipeg compared to a frontline starting pitcher in Denver. I think I actually asked a good question for the first time in my life. And yeah, those players go on the road and get a taste of like <laughs> what everything and, else is actually like. Yeah. yeah, like they're like, why do I? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, let's talk about the positive thing for the Mariners. Let me also say though, I, I okay. live in a city that no one wants to come to. Too, you know, St. Louis is terrible, but. Uh, you know, the people that live in those kind of cities have a lot of pride in them. They do have a lot. Don't of talk pride down to Win- the Winnipegs and St. Louis's of I, the world from your perch in the Pacific Northwest. I've only been to one of those cities, and I had an okay time in one of those cities. And you guys will just have to guess which city it was. Of course, it was St. Louis. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the positive for the Mariners because I, I have the bad taste of the Julio injury in my mouth. 
Luis Castillo is coming yeah. to Seattle. I was actually going to text you over the weekend how you thought, but I wanted to save it for the show. You're it's a lot. Man. That's a haul, right? It is a haul. So for those unfamiliar, Luis Castillo has been traded to the Seattle Mariners. In return, the Reds have acquired infield prospect Noel de Marte, infield prospect uh, Edwin Arroyo. I almost said Christian Arroyo, which I have done an awful lot. Uh, right-handed pitcher Levi Stout and right-handed pitcher Andrew Moore. So let's just talk about for this year, and then we'll get into the haul. Luis Castillo stock way up for fantasy in 2022, right, Drew? Heck yeah. Enough said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he was he was coming on strong toward the end of his run there in Cincinnati. And yeah, mm-hmm. going from Great American to T Mobile yeah. is a, as drastic as it gets. And probably being around a better defense. I know the Reds are like second to last in, in defensive Awful. run saves this year. Awful defensive team. And so, yeah, for him to have a, an ERA below three this year was really impressive. He he had that shoulder scare to begin the year, but came back and he's looked like an ace. Like yeah. I, I, I love that move. I'm surprised that it took that much, but I guess I shouldn't be. He was the top starting pitcher on the market, I think, by a long shot with sure. for, with some health questions around Frankie Montas. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's going to thrive in Seattle. I, I I love the move. I think it. It was a it was a big package, I would say. It like, was a big package. Yeah, like I, I that would be the beginnings of a Soto package, right? Like, yeah, if, absolutely. If Seattle was going to make one, absolutely. And I can't help but wonder if they said we're offering this for Juan Soto, and when the Nationals rightly said, yeah, it's just not close, they said, okay, we're we're going to go get Luis Castillo. I think it is yeah. worth pointing out with that package that the Mariners are getting Luis Castillo for next season as well, sure. and that's a big thing, but. Having said this, let's talk about some dynasty stuff. Noel Marte is a legitimate top 20 prospect, even though I think there's very little chance that he's going to play shortstop, especially with the shift likely going away starting next year. He's not going to be ready next year. He's probably 2024. But he's a player who can hit for average power and steal bases. He has a really strong acumen as well as above, above average run times. That's going to drop his body frame, suggests that he's going to lose speed. I think he's going to be a well above average fantasy player, somebody you really want to roster, even if he's playing third base or left field. Edwin Arroyo is one of the most improved in terms of stock prospects in baseball. Like this was a guy who was a second round pick that people weren't talking a whole heck of a lot about. The Mariners obviously really liked him to draft him in the second round. But he put up monster numbers in low A Modesto. Now I'll point this out. Low A Modesto is a very friendly place to hit baseballs. And the California League is a very friendly place. But the tools are all there. Above average hit tool, a chance for some sneaky power, chance to steal bases, and it's a borderline lock to stick at shortstop as well. He's a guy who's in my fantasy top 100, which by the way, I update every single Monday on our season tools. Please check that out. Levi Stout is a guy who maybe has some of the best stuff of any pitching prospect in the Seattle system, not counting George Kirby. And George Kirby no longer counts as a prospect, so he doesn't count anyway. But he has really struggled to locate that stuff. I think he's going to be a high leverage reliever. And then Andrew Moore is another guy who is probably a high leverage reliever as well, who has a ridiculous strikeout uh, total, doesn't know where the baseball is going far too often. This is a haul. There's no question about it. This is a haul that suggests There's some, like that incredible raw talent there. Like it very, very, very much so. Like this was one of the best hauls of I think the last couple of years in terms of deadline deals. Like, I was thinking that too, man. Like the the Reds did really well. I think that both teams did really well here. Here's the thing for Seattle: they have some shortstop talent. They're going to sign one of the best shortstops in the IFA class next year, which is why people are talking about an international draft because i know they're signing a shortstop <laughs> next year um they just drafted a shortstop in the first round and cole young they, they also like haven't they, been to the playoffs in 20 years and they haven't been to the playoffs in tw- that playoff streak is old enough and to go get drunk with drew at the pine grove concert last year last <laughs> night like that's how long tell him not that, to tell him yeah not to. <laughs> i will tell him not to but yeah i think this is a really fun trade and i think it's one that if you're jerry depoto you have to make it because you have to make the postseason this year. You have to. I yeah. mean, there's there's just no choice. And I still think they have enough to go get some bats and stuff like that as well. But, man, if I'm a fantasy manager, I'm trying to go get Luis Castillo, like, in a trade right now. Duh. Because friendly confines, he's going to get a decent amount of run support. 
Uh, it is worth pointing out that that first start looks like it's going to be against the Yankees, which is going to, I'm sure, create some interest. If he if he doesn't pitch well there, we'll start wondering. Uh, baseball fans are so fun, aren't they, Drew? Tell me about the Reds infield. Is Ellie De La Cruz like a legit super? Like he his numbers are incredible. He's a very buzzy prospect. Is he sticking yeah. at shortstop? Is he no. going to be like a no? Okay, no. Like he's a, playing. A, yeah, go ahead. He's five he's tools finished. though, right? He's like yeah, he's got potentially. Everything. I think yeah. it's probably going to be closer to four tools. I think he's going to lose some speed. He could be yeah. that old. Like O'Neill Cruz is a pretty interesting comparison for him just as a guy, you know, he doesn't have the small, he's more shooting guard than small forward size, but he's, he's a big dude, but that power is legit. He had a 512 foot home run the other day, man. That's like, I mean, that's big, big, big power. And he can hit for average. He's a smart baseball player. I think he's going to be an excellent third baseman. Just a spoiler alert. He's moving up to the top 15 of my prospect list next week. So you're talking about having, some of the best infield prospects in baseball right now in Louis in Cincinnati. Luis uh, Jose Barrio, who's still a guy that a lot of people really like. Sure, it's kind of an afterthought now. I wonder if yeah. he's going to get moved here. But yeah, Cincinnati, your baseball team stinks and your chili is awful. But you've got a really, <laughs> really, really fun future ahead of you. And your owner seems terrible too. But oh boy, is he ever! What are, what are you going to do? What, where, what, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? That's what, what <laughs> Skyline Chili should have. That. What else are you going to eat? There's nothing else in Cincinnati. <laughs> you are just going to have to Stockholm syndrome this stuff up. I've had some um, good meals in Cincinnati, but it did not involve the chili. I d- yeah. I've never understood the chili. Well, what? Ma- so I went to the University of Dayton. So there yes. are a lot of Cincinnati kids there, and no flyers. Um, a girl, not a girlfriend, but a girl, a, a female friend of mine made this Skyline Skyline Chili dip. Oh, interesting. Where it's like a layer of Skyline Chili, a layer of cheese, a layer okay. of sour cream, okay. some kind of crunch on top of that, and then another layer of Skyline, and then another layer of cheese. And it, it was delicious. Okay. Give but, me the 2080 on it. Uh uh, 45 well compared so when i first moved into my freshman dorm and my mom took me to like walmart to go shopping for you know just some goodies for the dorm room i saw skyline chili on the the shelf and i was like oh i gotta try that like that's famous around here um and that, so i ate it plain like just in a bowl in my microwave in my dorm room and it was sure. disgusting and i was like yeah. what and I'm a huge chili person. I was like, what the the heck is this? And then I, I later learned it's really more of a topping. You don't really eat it straight. No, it's yeah. it's it's supposed to go on top of spaghetti or a hot, or hot dog. dog yeah. Or yep. Personally, if I have to eat it, I prefer it just the trash on top, can. Of my, top of my grave or the trash can, to be yeah. completely honest with you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. We got a question from our buddy Chad. Chad, we love you. He always hey guys, up. Chad is my buddy. Hey guys, I'm desperate for some closer stability. How do you think the Padres situation resolves? Does Morahan run away with it? Do they go get Barlow Stamont? Rodgers take it back? I Stay away. They're getting yeah. a pitcher. They're getting I think pitcher. they're getting a pitcher as well. And yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if that pitcher was involved in a Juan Soto trade. It wouldn't shock me if uh, somebody uh, Kyle Hawaii, Finnegan or something. Kyle Finnegan, if he's if and now I if I'm the Padres, I aim higher. But he's at the same time uh, uh, some stability 
at the back end of a bullpen. But I, I would imagine that somebody like I know you guys talked to about it with Jason Mackey. David Bednar is just somebody that I would be all over at this deadline, but it just sounds like it's not going to happen. The Pirates are hanging on to him and Brian Reynolds. I, they've kind of already come out and, and said that, which I I'm OK with. Honestly. I am too. Yeah, I am like, too. The Bednar thing, not as much, but Reynolds has so much control. And oh, they, yeah. they want to be good. Yeah. Next year, they might, they probably won't be contender worthy, but they, they want to take a step forward. And I think they have the young players where they feel like, like, this is the time to, not the time to be like, this is the transition period. This is what yes. you, like, this is what it's all about. This is why you were so bad for so long uh, because you have the young talent in the system and you want to get better. So they're going to keep Bednar. Um, man, yeah, going back to San Diego for him would be amazing. But yeah, I, I, I think it's probably Luis Garcia and Moran, Moran and and they're going to get someone before Tuesday, and that that'll kind of explain it. I don't know what what are the relief options out there. I think it's kind of the Royals are probably going to Jorge Lopez would make a ton of sense in San Diego, wouldn't he? Yeah, um, um, David Robbins, Robertson. David Robertson, yeah, yeah. Assuming he's not dealt, there's a lot of rumors about Wilson Contreras and David Robertson possibly Going in a package Mets. for the Mets. Yeah, yeah. So, I think the Mets and Cubs are going to connect at some point over the next 48 hours for sure. Absolutely. Um, real quick, uh, well, we'll do a little, fun little rundown before uh, we go. Andrew Benatendi trade was, I think, interesting to me. Um, guy who's hit for some solid average. Do you do you think his fantasy stock? goes up with this deal. I think it's an, probably an obvious yes, but I have some concerns. I uh, I don't think he's a perfect player by any means. No. Um, but you would expect, I mean, like the natural obvious answer is like you would expect some more power moving to Yankee Stadium from Kaufman. Sure. But I, man, I don't, I don't even know if you can actually count on that. But I, he's going to maybe hit toward the top of the lineup at times. I know he's kind of been like fifth or, yeah, he hit leadoff in his Yankees debut, so they'll right. move him around depending on you know if they're facing a righty, um, and so you get like the teammate dependent counting stats more than you would have gotten in in Kansas City. He's I would count on the batting average and a little bit more RBIs and runs scored. I don't think I would count on many more home runs. I don't think you can count on a power thing. It's certainly possible because of where he's going to go be playing that yeah. he goes on a bit of a power streak. But this is a guy whose swing is geared to hitting line drives. It's, it's just the way that yep. he is built. And I think he's a player that I like more in on base percentage leagues, too. He does have a, a solid, if not spectacular, approach yep. at the plate. But accounting on homers and the fact that he just – like he's a well above average runner. He just hasn't run a lot, and the Yankees don't run a lot. So I don't think he's going to be necessarily a huge contributor there. I still like the trade a lot for the Yankees just because they gave up back end starters at best for in those deals. None of those pitchers excite me very much. Okay, Drew, I want to do this. Let's spend 15 minutes on Chris Martin for Zach McKinstry. No, I'm just kidding. Let's uh let's the look at singer. Let's yeah, exactly. Eric Steven, stop making puns about it. I love you, buddy. Stop it. So, someone needs to take Eric's phone away from him. <laughs> he really does. Man. He's the he's, king, though, man. He's, he's so good. good. He's, there's nobody better. It, it goes Eric, May Growler, and then I'm probably like third. No, you're not, there. dude. You're not. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm way better than most people. Roto Pat. <laughs> Roto Pat isn't good at puns. I don't think he, Patrick has made a pun in his entire life. Yeah, that's life. true. He's more like pop culture reference tied oh, into politics he really is he's an interesting follow that'll be uh by the way just never get in a dm with him if he sends you a dm just like decline it nothing good pretend is, you didn't see it yeah nothing good is gonna come for it let's go over some players that have been talked about in the trade deadline and i just want you to tell me drew what team they're playing for on august 3rd oh boy juan soto cardinals Wilson Contreras, Mets. Ooh, David. Wait, wait. Rob, okay. I actually I want to change that to Padres. Okay, so you're saying Wilson Contreras to Padres? Okay. Yeah, I think because if they miss out on Soto, I think they're getting offensive help at catcher. David Robertson, Mets. Josh Bell, Astros. Uh, Frankie Montas. Man, wow. There's so many options. There really is. <laughs> and after that Castillo trade, I think that became yeah. very interesting. Uh, Dodgers. 
Okay, I'm going to say White Sox for Frankie Montel. I like that. I like that. I, I like think that, that play. would be a lot of fun. Uh, Brandon Drury. Ooh, that's a good one. Wow. I know. This is that's... why I didn't tell you we were doing this, by the way. <laughs> I know. I, I like that a lot. Um, yeah. Guardians. That's a great call. I think it's either going to be the Guardians, the Mariners, or the Braves. I still think Jerry DePoto has one more trade with the I Rams want to team. change my answer to Braves. Okay, great. <laughs> Noah Syndergaard. Cardinals. Let me go Twins. Uh, like Jose Quintana. Uh, I was going to say White Sox for them. Okay, you can. Yeah. Yeah, White Sox. I think the Mariners because I think that uh, George Kirby's inning thing is something that we really have to keep an eye on. Man, I, uh, that's a nice fit too. Okay, like two that. more. Uh, Ian Happ. Man, I want to say Guardians again. They need, they need like cheap bats somehow. And I, Drury and Ian Happ are going to to Cleveland, and I think they're going to do it. I feel like they're. I, hope I mean, so. yeah, they they have like so much payroll space. You'd think, right? Yeah, that either either of those guys are making a ton of money. And they should be I, like, they should be really aggressive at the deadline, right? Like absolutely, they the should. vision is gettable. They have the pitching. Just and there's it. a third wild card spot. There is a yep. third chance to get into this postseason. And finally, um, I think I've got it. Every- oh, by the way, I think Ian Happ will actually end up just staying with the Cubs. He's the one guy who signed through the thing, and I imagine that they're just not quite going to get enough. There was probably uh, what somebody- if he goes to the Phillies. That would be interesting. I could yeah. see that. Uh, yeah. I also think that like the Dodgers could be in to somebody like that. They they love cost control. Man, that would be a smart. Like that would be a smart ad for the Dodgers. Uh, the other guy that was on my list actually got traded was David Peralta. What do you think of that deal? It's a very raised trade. Yeah, what, what's that uh, Sam Miller tweet? Like, yeah, uh, I love this trade for the from, from like 2014. Get? Oh, I love yeah. that trade the Rage just made. Who'd they get? What'd they <laughs> give they, <them>? yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're good at this. They're really good at this. I, I yeah, they can't they, keep getting away with this though. Like, spend some money, but and I know, I know they signed Wanda, Wanda Franco, so that's great. But like, David Peralta is like not a perfect player and the power like went away very suddenly but he still rakes against righties and most sure. pitchers are right in it so yeah um, who did you say for josh belligan astros i think that's a really interesting one you know yeah. who i hope he's getting traded to i think we actually even talked about this a little bit the brewers i think he's such a good fit for the brewers i don't like, want they, them i don't want him to get well, traded to the brewers <laughs> thank you for your unbiased fantasy you notice i didn't say brewers at all during that entire <laughs> segment. they they are one of the most interesting teams because they have such a good farm system now that they can pretty and much freddie peralta's like coming back next week right yeah that, that, i am not week? i am not regretting them as my world series pick no they're gonna um, they're gonna have a real nice finish to the season yeah well maybe Maybe. I don't know. This is such a weird year, man. I, all I know is the Yankees are really good. The Mariners have once again done their fun differential thing, only to a lesser extent. By the way, they have 24 one-run wins, so fun differential actually absolutely is still a thing in 2020. Are you doing your typical uh, radio thing on Monday? I've t- I've tuned yeah. into a couple over the last Thank few you. weeks. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, sir. I, yeah, I Molly. Them. Molly Watt Monday on the KJR 93.3. We will be talking about it. I'm hopefully talking about they still have to go get another bat too, don't they, Drew? Yeah, I'm. I, I'm watching Sam Haggerty play right field, and I you can't count on Mitch Haniger. Like, who will be back and is an interesting and fantasy addition yeah. for? But and Kyle Lewis, Kyle Lewis was pinch run for Carlos Santana yesterday, Drew. Santana's been a nice pickup. He has been a nice pickup, <laughs> but Carlos Santana pinch ran for Kyle. That just makes me heartbroken. That yeah. Kyle Lewis's knees I, are just. Jared Kelnick's back too. What what are we thinking? Oh boy. Before so we go, we'll I, end on this note. <laughs> yeah, we can end on this note. I will say this. I'm still a extreme long-term believer in Jared Kelnick. I think he's going to be a well above average player. Counting on him for 2022, I think is a huge mistake. Like yeah. a, a massive mistake, to be honest with you. Like there's just so many issues to be ironed out. And he has time to do it because of his age and because of his pedigree. But you're not counting on him, are you, Drew? No. I mean, I'm I'm always going to be intrigued. It's going to happen at some point. Like, yeah. he, he wouldn't be the first guy that, like, struggles and then comes back and becomes this great late bloomer of a player. Sure, yep. All the tools are there. 
Um, he's done all he can do it in the minor leagues to prove yeah. that he's a good baseball player. Sure. Um, uh, what, what do you have? Nine Oh three OPS this year at triple A Tacoma. Yep. A lot of strikeouts, but it made a lot of hard contact as well. So, yep. I mean, all the talent is there. Um, a couple of quick questions just because I, I just, I love when people ask us questions. Is Yandy Diaz worth rostering rest of season? He helps him runs scored and batting average. Do you think totally. Tyler Malley will be moved? The first question is, yeah, Yandy Diaz absolutely has to be rostered, especially in those two categories. Do you think Tyler Malley will be moved? I kind of forgot about him. Dude, yes. He, yeah, he's flying under so. the radar. And yeah, yeah, when we had Morosi on the podcast, he was like, Morosi was like, I kind of forgot about him too, but <laughs> I mean, he, he spent some time on the uh, some time on the IL at the beginning of July with a shoulder injury, but he's come right. back and pitched great. Uh, he was awesome last year. People forget that he went like in the top 120 picks in fantasy this spring. Yep. He, and he's awesome away from Great American Ballpark. Could you imagine him in Seattle or St. Louis, like with yeah, a bigger sure. ballpark with a better defense? He, I just assume anybody who's on Cincinnati is getting traded to Seattle at this point. Like yeah. I think twenty percent <laughs> of their roster right now is former Reds. You know what? Um, they should have had Castillo and Malian for that package. No, they should have had to give up a little more than that. <laughs> okay. I mean, Molly's really talented. And the other thing about Molly is. The Reds really don't have to trade him because I think you're not trading him necessarily at his high point. No, you're not. Somebody offers a really good package. Yeah, I think so. Um, and especially with the fact that like starting pitching is at a premium right now, I think someone will offer that high option, but you don't have to necessarily do it. And this is a fun one to add on because uh, I just didn't think of him as a trade guy. But where do you guys have J.D. Martinez if he's not going to the Mets? I mean, I think the- J.D. Martinez is getting traded fascinating yeah um, are the red sox gonna move like nathan evaldi too do they move yeah xander bogarts i'm mean, they're probably oh listening God. to offers on xander bogarts, so right? xander bogarts has been promised that he has not been moved okay um jaron duran <laughs> dude have you I, seen what jaron duran's like it's been man. real bad he's, man he's been bad what is real bad i'm still a long-term believer here when we talked the last time, I was like, yeah. Actually, I did this with Rotopat. Are he there like character him. issues there of some sort? Well, I don't want to talk bad about a guy that I don't I know. I don't about. think so. But at the same time, like that, the effort on that 28 to 5 Grand Slam was one of the worst things that I've ever seen. Yeah. And, um, and there was another thing the other, like yesterday. I didn't see it yesterday, unfortunately. Dude, but um, there's something going on in his brain. There, there does something appear to be something going on there. And, you know, he could be a guy that you you move on for, may need to change the scenery type of thing. Because we danced around the JD Martinez question. Uh, to, to answer your question, uh, JD Martinez would make sense in Seattle as well, other than the fact that like he's a designated hitter and they have so many guys who profile there, but they need another middle of the order bat. The Mets make a lot of sense. For what JD about Martinez. San Diego? San Diego makes a lot of sense for JD Martinez too, and that would be so fun like getting fernando tatis jr manny machado and jd martinez in the lineup if you're a left-handed pitcher you call in sick exactly like you just say like I, i'm not doing this i'm going <laughs> home man this is just uh yeah <laughs> chat says niger morgan without the anger uh, yeah unfortunately there's yeah of. i actually don't mind that comp <laughs> yeah. don't ever comp again chat chat comps are very bad but this is that was not actually a very bad one uh thanks everybody for joining us this was a lot of fun i i think drew uh chipped her up by the end of the podcast you know we could tell he was kind of low energy i'm on the water and, yep that a boy um <laughs> Are, what's what's your water temperature what what type of uh cold. as cold as possible okay I, my, my we, wife we, is lukewarm like and I, I never understand it see we in seattle or the seattle area have the best tap water in the world it's not even close so i actually kind of prefer it in its natural state of uh but i get it a cold a nice cold water especially after a night of uh that will definitely uh, make me feel like that. What a fun way. I'm to 35, end. Chris. I need to grow up. Are you 35? To... Yeah. I thought you might have been a year or two younger. I'm 39. You're disappointed that I'm 35. I'm a little disappointed. Like, you're not a prospect anymore. No. <laughs> like, especially too... with all these young writers and stuff like this. Like, there's. Oh, there... man. Don't. Don't. Come on. Ugh, I'm already nice depressed, stuff. man. You know who's what's depressing is RJ Anderson. RJ Anderson has accomplished so much, and I still think he's like 29 years old. I don't want to hear that. Yeah, it's, I, I it's, hate I hate young writers. <laughs> I hate young writers as well. Especially, I used to be that so full of promise and yeah, 
Drew signed with NBC. Drew did sign with NBC for the veteran minimum, and the veteran minimum actually isn't so bad. Now um, I can't even go to a concert and have a few beers without it killing me. Did you feel old when you were there? Like, did you? It was uh, actually my demographic. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. No, that, it was mid 30s. I did buy tickets to Paramore in October. And oh, I, you're I love feel... Paramore. Sure. But that's going to be a bunch of like teenage girls, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I'm really excited for that show. They're playing this like, I think it's 2,500 capacity venue. Like the last time they toured, I, I don't know if you're super familiar with them, but the last time they toured, they were doing like arenas. Oh, interesting. Um, so they're doing smaller. Yeah. Uh, they're like by design. Well, they kind of broke up and then they came back. I, I, I love that band. I, I think they're, they're great. One of the great, great. acts of. Haley Williams has one of the best voices of. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, what I know her best for is um, my Twilight. parody song. I could really use a fish right now is uh, what I will always remember. Uh, You're going to have Haley to talk Williams me through for. that one. Um, there's only two lines to it. I could really use a fish right now. And uh, I was rapping for the halibut. Those are the only two lines to my parody song that I wrote with. Uh, you remember the song? I could really use a wish right now. Instead, it's. Oh, I yes. Oh, uh, right I, I forgot she was on that song. And uh, the the rap part has when I was rapping for the hell of it. I changed it. I was rapping for the halibut. I could really use a fish right now. All right. Close this show, dude. I'm out. Thanks, everybody, for joining <laughs> us. You can go ahead and edit that part out if you want to, Tim. I wouldn't. It was pretty much gold. Thanks again for joining us. Tuesday, we are going to have a deadline show. Colin and I might see if some other people can join us. If I'm we'll not see. dead by then, I'll hop we'll on. See, we'll see what happens <laughs> uh, to talk about what I think is going to be a very fun deadline. I think it's going to see – I mean we talked about it. I think we're going to see a ton of moves. But yeah, we'll break every single thing down that has any sort of fantasy relevance – um, if you are liking what you hear, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Please rate five stars on Yahoo. Yahoo, please rate five stars on <laughs> Apple. Are <laughs> you the hungover tra- one? Let's go this on. is a train wreck. Uh, thank you guys so much for everything. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next week. See you guys soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.